Today on a very special Slums of Film History, we'll be discussing the homeless. Or rather, the film depiction of the homeless. For over a hundred years, movies have depicted the destitute as everything from lovable down-on-their-luck heroes to back-alley prophets to mutated cannibalistic monsters. In this episode of Slums of Film History, you'll learn probably more than you ever wanted to about the plight of the homeless characters in movies. So grab yourself a bottle of cheap wine, wrap it in a paper bag, and warm yourself by the barrel fire for Scourge of the Homeless here on Slums of Film History. This is Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is not normally discussed in polite company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. In each episode, each one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and then schools the other. We discuss everything from bodily fluids to TNA to exploding heads. If there's a film subject that's too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hello, Slate. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited about today's topic because today we're talking about Scourge of the Homeless. And this came about in a pretty interesting way. It did. And it sort of bounced around in the vast corridor of my empty mind because the movie Street Trash, uh, one of your favorites, I know. Mm-hmm. So this movie is a 1987 movie. It lives up to its title, Street Trash. It's an exploitation movie. But I gave this movie to, to Slate for Christmas because I'm that kind of friend. And I had never heard of it. And I watched it actually on the train home and was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. But the, the reason why the movie is significant is because it discusses, well, the situation of the homeless. And it actually, it's just fucked up. It's a fucked up it's movie. super fucked up. And it has homeless protagonists slash antagonists. So they play the, I mean, it's all about this homeless people and this alcohol that kills them. This is liquor that's gone bad and this liquor store guy's feeding it to the homeless and they just basically melt. There's a lot of fucked up shit going on there. But it made me think because these characters are so extreme and they're uh, the homeless characters are the main focus of this film somehow just made me think well how is you know this is a very unique depiction how are they depicted throughout history and so i did a little research and that's how this topic came about i'm really excited so let's get started first of all let's go back because we always do this go back Mm -hmm. to the beginning and the beginning would be roughly about 100 years ago okay Movies did depict homeless characters right from the get-go. For the most part, they were considered villains or they were the antagonists. They were the drifter hobos that would come and rob people, home invasions or whatever. They did. They were always the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Well, that changed and pretty definitively with Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Specifically the Charlie Chaplin Little Tramp character. The Tramp, yeah. Right. So Charlie Chaplin's Little Tramp character, very iconic character. Mm-hmm was pretty much the beginning of the positive depiction of uh, a homeless person in, oh, wow. in a movie. Uh-huh. In 1913, Charlie Chaplin, he was a British immigrant. I'll just give you some background on him. I was fresh off the boat in the U.S. He was looking to make a, a start in movies. He was the child of um, entertainer parents, and I'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, and so he wanted to get in the moving pictures, goes out to L.A. He gets a job in movies in these films called One Reelers. They're very short, 20-minute silent films. His first movie was for Keystone Studios, which he would do numerous films for, but this his first one was called Making a Living. And he played a gaucho mustache having 
pickpocket. He was okay. actually so he sort of played a negative role as his first film. And sure, nothing really stood out. He, he didn't invent his iconic character at the time. He was still working his way through it. And so the only thing that really stands out about this movie is that it's his first one. After making a living, he started getting other movies. The next film he did was called a Mabel's Strange Predicament. Okay, Mabel's Mabel's Strange Predicament. I, had I think an that was on Mabel. And that, I did love you? That name. I love the name Mabel. Mabel. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, she had a strange predicament. Uh-huh. Yep. During the film, the producer, a guy named Max Sennett, was like, and this is some of this is urban legend too. Let me caveat sure. that. But this is the interview that Charlie Chaplin himself said. This is how this happened: is that Max Sennett was the producer, and he was like in the middle of that. He was like, "Oh, this is this isn't funny. We need to do something." And he told Charlie to go and do some clownish shit. Go <laughs> do something ridiculous. We need more. So supposedly Charlie Chaplin went back in the wardrobe, got the loose-fitting pants, the tight jacket, the cane, the big shoes, the hat, his Hitler-esque mustache, but would be associated with Hitler you know, later. But uh-huh. that mustache, and thus the little tramp was born. Really? So it's because somebody wanted him to be funnier, and he did. That was that was in an interview, and that's what he said. Right. There's so been, maybe that's true, or maybe it it's isn't. probably partially true. I think yeah. it's a glamorized version of the truth. Now, a lot of people think, okay, from that moment, the little tramp fully formed that everybody remembers was born. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns that's not necessarily that part is not necessarily true. He was in a few films, and, and some of the other one reelers he did, where the tramp actually wasn't homeless. He had a family. He was kind of a dick. Uh-huh. It, oh, a dick. It, it was sort of, yeah, he was sort of a dick. I a mean, dick he was, tramp. He was uh-huh. definitely a dick tramp. I mean, he wasn't necessarily the tramp yet, as you know, it was a drifting from place to place and was homeless and downtrodden. Right. He was just uh, kind of more of a silly character. But little by little, he started fully forming that he character. Started, right, sure. In kind of like the ways in vaudeville, you know, of where right. you threw something out, you see if it worked, and then you and then you milked that and, and worked on those, those routines. The things that worked versus yeah. the things that okay. didn't. And then, actually, the 1915 film, The Tramp, uh-huh, right. was the one where he really came into that character. And spoiler for a 100-year-old film, The Tramp is basically Charlie Chaplin gets work on a farm. Uh-huh. He goes after this girl. You know, he's trying to woo this girl. and Hilarity ensues, of course. Mm-hmm. But then there's a bittersweet end where he doesn't get the girl, and I think he gets fired, but he sort of trods off. But then has a spring in his step, you know, so he's still... Broken but not beaten or whatever. That's nice. And it's a very pleasant movie. Mm-hmm. And he was very relatable. So the working classes loved The Tramp, but also middle class people at the time loved loved it as well. So it appealed to everybody of all walks of life. Tramp character would go on to have more, not necessarily more edge, but would parody and make fun of the establishment a little bit more mm-hmm. of industry and business and things like that. So it was right, sort like of a... modern times. Right. And, yeah. But all the while, he was... He was a very sympathetic character, probably one of the most, if not the most, sympathetic character to Homeless. I watched, recently for research, I watched City Lights. I'd never seen it. I'd never really seen any full-length Charlie Chaplin movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched it on Hulu, which, just for those who have Hulu Plus, it's a Criterion release, and Hulu Plus has all the Criterion releases. We'll so, put it on the website. Huh? We'll put it on the website. We'll put it on the yeah. website. So I watched it on Hulu. Number one, it's a great fucking movie. Uh, the the Charlie Chaplin films we watched Modern Times two nights ago. Yeah, um, they're excellent. Are excellent. And I mean, films. they're not good from like oh, they're good for nineteen fifteen. They're not. They're, they're really they're, fucking good. They're movies. identifiable. They are sweet. You know, right. they're they're even edgy. Like I hate the term edgy, but I watched the kid. You know, a couple of years ago, and I was like, this is. This is an amazing film today in 2015. This I'm going to catch up with that. Film. I haven't seen it, yeah. but but City Lights was excellent. And it's a kind of, all right, so just to give a, a, an idea, 
Charlie Chaplin, through a course of events, runs into a blind girl who's selling flowers. She can't see. Befriends her. I think she thinks he's a rich guy by a, a series of events that happen. She's blind. She can't see. She can't see him, but she thinks he's a rich guy. Meanwhile, Charlie Chaplin does meet this rich guy who only recognizes him when he's drunk. So the rich guy gets drunk, and they they hang out. And then when he's sober again, he doesn't remember him. It's a, a hilarity ensues. Uh-huh, sure. And through a course of events, Charlie Chaplin tries to help this girl. You know, he tries to get a job. He does this stuff, and he find, finally gets some money to help this girl regain her sight. But then he un- ends up going to jail because they basically, I think he stole some money to do it. And so, spoiler for a 100-year-old film. You know, you should have seen it by now. Or yeah, you got watch it anyway. years. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Watch the damn movie. He's walking down the street, and these kids are fucking with him. They're being mean to him because he's homeless. And she sort of sympathizes with him and gives him a flower, but she touches his hand and realizes it's him, and so it's like this sweet ending. Oh. It's a really nice yeah. movie. But it's, it's a good example of his portrayal of how you can relate to someone who's down in their luck who still has you know has a good heart, good spirit. Uh, a lot of people identified him in a very like every man working class way. So mm-hmm. I think if you're going to look at any positive portrayal of homeless characters i mean the That's number the one, one is yeah. the tramp uh-huh. and he made a lot of money with the tramp and it was a very popular character as time goes by and talkies came in talking talkies being movies with sound where there was dialogue the tramp character he sort of retired the tramp and mm-hmm. i think he retired him right after the great dictator uh-huh. no i didn't see the great dictator you mm-hmm. saw that but he plays it, yeah. basically hitler and the tramp also and correct. is that correct and he talks in that or am i wrong uh, the greater yes, it is a it's a talkie. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a talkie. Yeah, and he retires the character after that. But you also have to look at the '30s and the fact that a lot of people were down in their luck at that time and were downtrodden and were becoming homeless themselves. People really identified with this character. And let me talk about the '30s for a second too, sure. because I want to kind of build nothing about. So. I really <laughs> don't know much about except putting Chaplin aside. Looking I slept life. through every history class that was ever taught. So, especially when we're doing these film histories, I'm like, oh, when was World War One? Like, I don't know the answer to those questions. Right. So, luckily, this podcast has really helped me with my history because in order to understand film history, you have to understand real history. Right. Yeah. And same here. I'd forgotten all this stuff. But what's interesting here, okay, so you're looking at the 30s. Homelessness was a very real dilemma after the Great Depression. Was yeah. that the Great Depression? 1929 oh, stock something. market crash. And oh, beyond. I got something right. Great. You did. Good job. You Thanks. get a B on this test. Thank you. So many people found themselves without a home. And so a lot of people lived in these shanty towns. People found themselves in these shanty towns called Hoovervilles, named after Herbert Hoover, the president at the time. A lot of people blamed for this bad economy. Right. And, you know, these were just shacks that were built up. A lot of them were built up near uh, soup kitchens and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you all this just to kind of build some atmosphere because these themes and this and Hoovervilles come into play in later Yeah, of course. Films. No, I'm super interested. So You're much more interesting than my um, high school history teacher who I, you know, slept I'm, through. It sounds like faint praise, but thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> and... What's interesting about the film at that time, too, is, you know, there's a lot of escapism. So if you notice the 30, the gangster films, a very a lot of anti-establishment movies came out. Public Enemy mm-hmm. was a big 30s film. You know, it was very much like try, going against the system. In a lot of ways, main characters were gangsters, maybe jaded lawyers, you know, sleazy politicians. There was all that going on in the 30s films. And it was this, this very escapist type of stuff because real life fucking sucked. Absolutely. Well, also, what little I know about 
about anything in the 30s, nobody had any money to go to the movies. So the movies, you know, movies were were dipping and they had to be bigger and, and, and glitzier and better in order to get people to go to them because it wasn't like the silent films. You couldn't go see five movies a week. You right. know, you maybe saw one a month. Yeah, no, exactly. And people didn't want to see real life. You know, I think a lot of movies right. up until the it was 20s escapism. were, yeah, they yeah. wanted, they were more bombastic and, you know, because no one wanted to deal with real life. Right. But there were some films in the 30s that had some homeless characters and that are notable for expressing that theme and presenting that theme in, in a pretty even-handed way. One is called Wild Boys of the Road. Mm-hmm. It's a William Wellman, his director, 1933 uh-huh, film. Okay. And it's a deeply felt, hard-hitting story of young people who travel around the country. They hop trains, so it was a very hobo-hopping train type Mm -hmm. of a film, trying to survive. And it deals with one of the major social problems at the time, of course, which is, um, you know, unemployed youth, so it's very young characters. So there's a movie called Man's Castle starring Spencer Tracy. It was from 1933. The filmmaker or director was Frank Borzage. And it's just a film about a young homeless couple. They live in a Hooverville or whatever. And it's it's, supposed, it's uplifting at the end. It's supposed to be a good, okay. good movie. Yeah. My Man Godfrey from 1936. Oh, I remember that one. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a screwball comedy. And, you know, it's a basically a guy living in a Hooverville is patronized or adopted by some woman. I don't know much about the plot, but that's gotten a lot of press. And then 1941, Sullivan's Travels. Mm-hmm which is Preston Sturge's movie, and it's about a, a movie director who visits a Hooverville and accidentally becomes, like, the genuine tramp in there. I think that's also where the Coen brothers got the title, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Okay. From that movie. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. So, okay, you've got Depression-era homeless, and for the most part, downtrodden are treated pretty well because uh-huh. a lot of people can relate to that, so these movies cater to that. The ones that deal with the actual problem of homelessness and, you know, all the social problems that were going on during the Depression do it with a pretty even-handed and, you know, in a good way for the ones, at least the movies that are noted. Sure. The nation was was in turmoil and they were empathetic views. So we're going to take a big time jump from the 30s and 40s basically to the 80s. The reason for that is, is I found nothing that really stood out that was notable as far as homeless depiction between that time period. The films that are, were noted uh, from the 30s and 40s were really the only ones that are worth mentioning. What is interesting socially during that time is that the, the homeless numbers grew. Even after we, you know, the 50s came and people were doing better after the war and we had a better economy and everything that, that regrouped and we had the, the American dream and all that shit. One thing that happened in the 70s, especially after Vietnam, were that there were growing numbers of actual homeless right. homeless deeds. One was the growing number of people who had mental problems that were on the street. Drug addiction was a big thing. So, again, you had your heroin addicts, but, of course, a lot of that became crack addicts in the right, 80s. in the 80s, yeah. And then you had a, a growing demographic change when you noticed more homeless teens mm-hmm. and homeless women. And, of course, there was you know more African-Americans that were on the street as well. But you didn't see that reflected in movies in the 80s, and I think that's why it's an interesting point to jump back into, because the 80s were the beginning of what I call the homeless Yodas, the prophets or the happy-go-lucky homeless. Okay. Slightly different than the Charlie Chaplin kind, because these didn't really represent the demographic at all. Right, sure, sure. They were mostly people that showed up to either give, like, the actual real protagonists, you know, uh, the show them the true meaning of life, mm-hmm. usually white people. And right. it's like, oh, this person showed up to tell me and they're a homeless person and I realized that helping them or dealing with them right. has led sure, me sure. to be a better person. And a good example, and I'll start with the 80s, is Training Places. 
Mm-hmm. Now, Trading Places, you've seen it. It's an Eddie yep. Murphy movie. For those who haven't, I can't believe you haven't seen it, but Trading Places stars Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, and basically it's about Wall Street, and these Wall, this Wall Street banker, these really rich old white guys are talking about nature or nurture. They have this like bet that, that they can make somebody poor and somebody rich, um, and that it's actually that you can make anybody successful by just giving them opportunity, or you can make anybody a criminal by taking opportunity away. So they Dan Aykroyd's rich, Eddie Murphy's poor, so they switch them, and hilarity ensues again. Right. Eddie Murphy plays a homeless character at the beginning of the movie. He's in a little cart, and he's, like, trying to get money and stuff. And, you know, he's it's Eddie Murphy, so you don't ever, ever believe he's homeless. It's Eddie fucking Murphy. Right. And, he's, and he's funny in the movie, and the movie's funny itself, but it's just such a non-realistic portrayal of homelessness. And it shows him as a happy-go-lucky guy who's doing just fine being homeless, and then he becomes successful, and everything's great. I wouldn't call it problematic, but it's definitely the beginning of a trend that we start seeing in the 80s where it's just these down-on-their-luck people that don't seem to have any other real problem. They definitely don't represent the actual homeless population. Right. They're not dealing with the problems of homelessness. No. And, and in any way making it seem – in any way seeming like, oh, we can solve this problem in any right. form. It's just – Right. Here's a character, wacky homeless person. There's a wacky homeless guy and starring now Eddie like Murphy. like a pretty woman where they're like, you know, the homeless guy is like, welcome to Los Angeles, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another good one from the 80s is Down and Out in Beverly Hills starring Nick Nolte. And I think Bette Miller, I know you love her, and Richard Dreyfuss are in yeah. it. He oh plays God. a homeless guy that I think tries to drown himself in their, their pool. Yeah. And then they kind of rescue him and then he helps somehow help their fucking marriage and everything's fine. God, I haven't seen that one in forever. Yeah, but yeah. that's, again, another one where it's like the homeless uh, duex mechana guy who comes in there and fixes the problem and lets people know that life is worth living mm-hmm. on. Right. Shows them that the human, the, yeah. Right. So, but in the middle of all this, and there's some other comedies that aren't really worth noting, but there's a trend where homeless people are basically that happy-go-lucky person that's going to help people out, mm-hmm. you know. And But there's a couple of movies that are sprinkled in there. One notable one that actually tries to treat the, the situation seriously is Iron Weed from 1987. Nope. It stars Jack Nicholson and Meryl Streep. Iron Weed? Iron Weed. They pay, basically play, a, I think, a homeless couple, and I think they both have, like, and actually they treat it it's pretty timely from what I, I haven't seen the movie, but I know I think they both, you know, they're alcoholics and they're homeless mm-hmm. and they have problems in dealing with it. It's supposed to be a realistic depiction. Okay. To the point where they were both nominated for Academy Award for the 88 awards. I don't think they won, but I they were both nominated. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I had, I'd seen it. I probably saw it in a video store, but I never saw it. It garnered attention and was, I think, one of the few instances in the 80s where they tried to treat that subject seriously. Sure. And, of course, it, it got accolades for it. Yeah. But then there's some other ones because, okay, you look at it this way. So this whole psychology of it is interesting because that's so disparate, especially in places like here, like New York City, where the homeless situation was really growing. Mm -hmm. People were worried about it there. And then – but the movies depicted homelessness are totally different. differently. Differently. Except – there's some movies that I think ex- ended up exploiting that that fear of the homeless. Mm-hmm. One notable one, and the first one on this list, which I think really adds to why we call this Scourge of the Homeless, is Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers, also known as Chud. Beneath the city of New York are living catacombs, an endless maze of subterranean tunnels, unfit for anything human. Unauthorized for anything experimental. Hold it! There's something moving up ahead at the top! And unlikely to bring anyone down there. So. 
Check your basement and your bathroom. Keep off the street and try to hide. The only things living in the city of New York will be Chud. Chud. Cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dwellers. They're not staying down there anymore. Chud from 1984. Oh, Chud. Wow. Chud's great because it actually talks about two 80s fears. One is the homeless. Mm -hmm. The other is toxic waste. Uh -huh. So for those who don't understand, the 80s movies... We could uh, do an episode. We could on do a toxic, toxic waste. waste. Toxic yeah. waste was the, the plot point for every freaking 80s thing. Yeah. In other words, if Chud was made today, it would probably say it would probably be climate change that turned them into monsters. Mm -hmm. But back in the 80s, it was toxic waste that was the environmental problem that would have like that caused havoc. And so what happened was, Chud, is about there's toxic waste under New York City because, of course, there's toxic waste under New York City. Yeah, well done. And it affected these homeless people that lived in the tunnels, and they mutated and became cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. And then they went above ground and fed on other homeless. And then, But they also fed on, like, rich people mm -hmm. and anybody. You know, they were equal opportunity cannibals, and they ate everybody. That's nice. It's a bad movie. But a kind of a decently bad movie, you know. It's sort of okay to watch. I haven't watched it in forever. I what I remember about Chud was that it used to come on on like TNT or TBS or something late nights on Saturday, along with Class of Newcomb High. Oh, and those yeah. were like those two toxic waste staples, you right. know, that that were all the, that were always on like every Saturday night that I used to watch. But that's a, one of the good, uh, at least modern examples of using. You know, the homeless as the bad guy, the antagonist, or using a film that sort of used the horror genre to address the actual fear of homelessness, sure. which I think was a thing that was yeah. going on. Yeah, they combined two elements to and, make and then a, two, yeah, yeah, two elements a double yeah. scary thing. Right. Another one that I don't know necessarily counts, but it's worth noting, is Catherine Bigelow's first movie called Near Dark from mm -hmm. 1987. Did you ever see that? No. Stars Bill Paxton and... Lance Hendrickson. Okay. Is, they're vampires, basically. They're roving sort of homeless vampires. Now, they're not homeless, like, living on the street vampires, but they're, like, kind of gypsy-esque vampires. Okay. So they roam from place to place. They don't have a home. They live in a camper. And it's actually a pretty decent flick. Yeah. But, you know, it, I think unconsciously builds on the fear of drifters, people that are don't have any settle, right. aren't settled anywhere. That's the thing. It's like you always, whenever you hear about, like, an unsolved murder, the answer is always, it was a drifter. It was a drifter. It was a drifter, drifter somebody wandering who, through town and wandered back out again. Right, exactly. Drifter. And so that built on that fear, which is that, you know, someone who's not grounded any home, they just come through, fuck shit up, and leave. Right. And so it's a based on, I think, on that homeless fear. It's a notable film, and it's one of the few ones or vampire, homeless vampires. We'll put it on the website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another one, just uh, as a small tidbit, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Sure, sure. Although homeless people don't play a big role, the film's basically about liquid Satan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the only way I could call it. It's a good, good term. Um, liquid Satan. Liquid Satan at the end, some end of the world thing, but basically all this weird shit starts happening because Satan's going to come back and enter the world and they're trying to prevent it. But one of the first things that he controls are all the homeless people. Mm -hmm. So if you notice, and actually Alice Cooper played one of the homeless people. Oh, right. And he wanders up and he's like with all the other ones and they're just staring at the church and they're just like zombies for the church. So it's like the Satan took control of the homeless mm -hmm. and John okay. Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. But then the holy grail of bad guy homeless movies, 
Your Christmas gift, Street, street trash. trash. I don't need this. Are you tired of the same old routine? My wife, my Busting your hump and getting nowhere? This just ain't my day. Drop out and join the ranks of the few. The filthy. The trash. I got my own place, a condominium. Where else can you live for free? And eat for even less? Forewarned, freedom has its price. Yes, there's always a snake in the Garden of Eden. What you got for me today? Today, ten of five viper, one buck. Yes, do you, pussy? Yeah. What's the matter? You can't hold your liquor, huh? Street trash. It's easy to find us. We're all over the place. So let's talk about street trash. Okay, I'd love to. Okay, so what the fuck? So <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the answer to this. But what I feel like when I was watching this on the train right after Christmas was that was there were there a series of melting movies? Because this this movie is a melting movie. There was a movie called The Melting Man, but I don't even know if it came out at the same time. And I don't know much about it, but there was a I, melting... We're going to have to dig right. into the melting movies because I feel like when I was... Because I was kind of... I like watched the movie and was like, what the fuck? Right. And then... And it was like, this is one of those melting movies. And if uh, <laughs> if this doesn't make any sense to you, I understand. Because it doesn't make sense to us either. So roughly what happens is... And you spoke about it a little bit, but... As people are drinking this alcohol that is very old and it causes them to melt, but they also turn different color. It's like this very it's rainbow. It's a day glow melting thing. Melting, you know. They melt into a Jackson Pollock painting, yeah, basically. It's yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's a melting film. It's also a film. Well, you 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 can talk about it more than I can, but. Well, what's okay, so it's so first of all everybody in it the, the protagonist and the antagonist are all homeless okay mm-hmm. so there's a main guy who looks he, he dresses like torgo from hands of fate to so, me so the entire thing is set in, in a, junkyard. a junkyard and yeah. it's hilarious where it's set now because it's set in between williamsburg and greenpoint in brooklyn which are like which williamsburg is the most expensive neighborhood kind of like in the world now my old neighborhood and you constantly see these like street signs and it's just like these junkyards and stuff and you're like those are multi-million dollar condos right now it's kind of hilarious to watch what's even more hilarious is at the time I mean, it's almost post-apocalyptic the areas that they film in because at the time it was a shithole I mean, it was bad. It looked run down like it had been abandoned. It looked like Chernobyl or some shit. Yeah. It was really bad. And that's Williamsburg now. And now that's, <laughs> yeah. So so the main, the whole gist of it, there's these two guys, I guess they're brothers. They live in a junkyard. Brothers, yeah. They live in a car in a junkyard. They live in a car yeah. in a junkyard, which is run by this other big alpha male homeless guy who has some crackhead girlfriend. I don't really understand what their purpose is. Well, there's some layers. There's the guy that runs the homeless part of it. And then there's the guy that runs the junkyard right. who has a home. He's the Very big complex, fat guy right? that keeps trying to fuck this Asian girl. Well, rape this Asian girl. Yeah, there's yeah. that. So there's kind of two levels of, of, of leaders in the movie. Okay. So, but 
it's just it's just fucked up. The, you have to see it. To you really it. have to see it. it. It's it's worth watching. It's um, an amazing film. And yeah, it, it yeah it is actually. It's got castration. It's got um, necrophilia. It's got a relatively upsetting rape scene. That's the and that's I think the big crux of this is that there's a scene where the protagonist, mm-hmm. if you could call him that. Picks up some drunk girl because drunk women in Williamsburg apparently like a to, rich girl, a rich girl like to hang out with homeless. So she goes back to the junkyard with them, and I guess they have sex. And then she wanders off only to get raped by everybody, all the other homeless. No, he people. has sex with her. She's like wasted, okay. and they're all like trying to get into the car. That's what it is. Yeah, they luckily cut away from it, but it's like she got gang raped and killed. Like it's and then they play. Even it. I was like, Ugh. and it's awful. But also, that's even worse in the fact that they play it for laughs later when that the fat, junkyard, guy fat guy fucks her dead body. Right. I found that funny. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. It's not funny, <laughs> it's but terrible. No, I know what you mean, though. But I was kind of like, okay. well, sometimes if you're gets... gonna uh, listen, if you're gonna make a movie like that, and if you're gonna go there, go then have him it. fuck the dead woman. It's fine. You well, just gang raped her. I'm. Sh- sh- it it to was. Death. Yeah. It's just fucked up. fine. Fuck her dead body. It's fine. And they do play keep away with the guy's dick after they cut it off. Which is, ama- which which is, is amazing. Which is amazing. Which is hilarious. So a guy yeah. gets castrated, one of the homeless people that live in there. And well, what happens is he's peeing, but he's he thinks that he's peeing on nothing, but he's actually peeing. And through through like the wall that he's peeing on, he pees on some on on, on another man. And, and they, the man and just pulls out his knife, knife and cuts his dick off. And then they play keep away, throw it around. Yeah. And it's in the air in slow motion, if I remember correctly. It was actually decent cinematography for the keep away penis. I want to say something about that as well. Uh, it was good cinematography overall. This was I a agree. pretty well shot film. Oh, absolutely. I, and the effects were good too. I feel like all the technical people you know, we're probably supposed to be working on a better film, but it was all the way across town, and they're like, "Fuck it, we'll just work at this film because it had yeah. like it was very well technically. It was very well done." It's the movie. Whenever I, whenever I'm entertaining guests, I always put on music and then put a movie on the TV, but put it put it on mute, and that's that's my new one. Right. Yeah. It's and, it's nice to watch. Yes. Yeah. And a guy melts in a toilet. It's yeah. great. So, but what does this movie say? Because mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing here. Is I mean, it's such a like. Plus, also, it's called Street Trash. <laughs> it is called Street Trash. And it's, it's just unbelievable. Clearly, I don't know where it played, if it played anywhere, if it played in a, a, a grindhouse somewhere. Who the fuck knows? Know. What's interesting what is What year that was it? 87. I, just, I, mean, I don't it know. It must where... have been designed for the the either straight to home video. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't because it, it, the budget had to have been higher than that. But it must have been designed to be more of like a like a you know class of Newcomb High, which is just <laughs> right. going to gain all of its money off of off of playing at late night on cable. You know, yeah, I must have. What's interesting about it, and it's you can argue that its depiction of homeless are problematic, and and maybe they are, except for for some reason, I feel like it's. You know, it's at one point you feel like they're not even homeless people; they're just survivors of some apocalyptic yeah. wasteland because it's just so dire. There's very, and dr- there's no normal people in the movie. No, <laughs> like everyone is just this kind. Is the only normal person gets raped and killed, and that's the right. Yeah, the drunk lady who has sex with homeless people. Yeah, so it's hard for me to say this is a bad depiction of homeless because it's such a bizarre fucking movie that it feels like the homeless people are just incidental. Right. And our vehicles for to drink bad liquor and milk. Right. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But, it, yeah, I mean, street trash, you have to see it. Yep. So moving on. Okay, so since we talked about the bad depiction of uh, the homeless, I want to talk about They Live and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Okay. The John Carpenter movie. It's a science fiction movie. 
basically Roddy Roddy Piper is this homeless guy. He's going around trying to get work, uh, construction work or whatever. He stumbles along this conspiracy that, you know, the world is run by aliens that you can't see unless you have these certain glasses on and this underground revolution. I've never seen it. So it's great. Mm. I love this movie. You should watch it. I'll put it on my list. And he goes and he gets caught up in all this conspiracy. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of the homeless themes in there. Well, number one, he's homeless. He, he teams up with all these homeless people that are trying to expose this big alien conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he lives in a shanty town, very much like a Hooverville. So that theme comes back up. Mm-hmm. This is the movie that says, you know, I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. You don't know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. And it's got probably that. the longest fight scene. You might have remembered this. There's a fight scene in an alley with him and Keith David, the guy who uh, was in The Thing, that guy. Mm-hmm. That's the fight that's like everybody makes fun of because it just keeps going on and on. Did, all right, do you remember the South Park episode with a uh, cripple fight between uh-huh. Timmy and Jimmy? Yeah. They modeled it after the one from They Live. D- does the um, Peter and the giant chicken... Um, very from, much. It's okay. very, it's it very much keeps similar. on going. It keeps going. Okay. It's very much a they From live. Family Guy, okay. yeah. Okay. So that's it distinguishes that. But again, he's a homeless hero. He's fighting, you know, the oppressive aliens that are keeping people down. Good movie. I think it still holds up. It's great. But it's a good, you know, that's the first instance, at least that I can see in modern movies, of the homeless action hero. Mm-hmm. But certainly not the last. Okay. And on that note, we're going to move to the 90s. All right. So the 90s pretty much followed the same trend as the 80s in that uh, the homeless were predicted as happy-go-lucky, you know, life is great kind of people. Um, and most of the homeless depictions were in comedies, or at least the notable ones. For example, Curly Sue. Do you remember this movie? Oh, yeah. It had James Belushi and I forgot the girl's and name. The, and Curly Sue. Right. Yeah, which I think that's her name. <laughs> it was a 1991 film, and I guess they they play con artists or whatever, yeah. and it's all like, oh, we're homeless and we're con artists and it's cute. Life Stinks, that was a Mel Brooks movie, sure. and he, I guess, be, was a rich businessman that bets that he can live on the streets and all that stuff. That was also 1991, another comedy. The Fisher King. Yeah, Robin Williams. Which is a good movie. I really like The Fisher King. It's a, very, it's a you know great Gilliam-esque movie, Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah. And did Mercedes Rule win the Oscar for Best Supporting She Actress? might have. I think she did, actually. Yeah, I think she did win it. And, of course, that's a, Jeff Bridges, the shock jock, Robin Williams. The shock jock says something to a caller. He goes and shoots up a restaurant. Robin Williams' wife is one of the people that gets killed, and he loses his mind and becomes homeless, and they kind of run into each other. For those who haven't seen The Fisher King, it's a, got a lot of fantasy element to it. It's a good movie. I'd like yeah. to catch up with it yeah, again. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, you can probably look at it as a problematic film. If I kind of hate using that term, but I'm going to use it. Because... You know, Robin Williams sort of has mental illness, but they play it up more as comedy. So it sort of addresses in a way that a lot of the mental illness that plagued people who were homeless, but it does it in a Gilliam fantasy comedy way, and it kind of has a nice happy ending. And it's a good movie, but... I do remember it taking a turn, though. His mental illness, like, became a serious problem in the movie. It wasn't just, like, all happy, you know, happy, funny Robin Williams homeless stuff. Like, I remember there being a... Distinct point where I was like, "Oh shit, he's fucked up." Yeah, yeah. And but it still kind of comes back around in the end. But mm-hmm. it's a, it's still a good movie on its own terms. But it's just as a depiction of the homeless. Yeah, there's some stuff there. Yeah. And then you've got uh, with honors. I don't know if you remember that movie. Oh yeah, M- Madonna did the theme song. I'll oh, remember. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she. Uh, yeah, and it was Joe Pesci. He was a homeless man and living on a college campus. I think it was at Harvard. I don't remember. Yeah, it was a little bit of a. T- it was a little bit of a rip off of yeah. the Matt Damon and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a good Will Hunting, but with Joe Pesci as a homeless, mixed in with a little bit with uh, reality bites-ishness of the young 
uh, hot, you know, 20 somethings in it. So, and of course he teaches them life lessons as only homeless people can do in the movies mm-hmm. and they learn to enjoy life and to, you know, not fret the big things and, you know, or the small stuff, whatever. But there's also some notable action hero-y homeless people too. So if we're talking about they live from the 80s, well, you've got some good stuff from the 90s, like Hard Target, the Van Damme movie, which was... Hard Target, 1993 yeah. is basically a, a variation of the most dangerous game. Seems to be the trend with homeless people in the 90s too because, you've, all right, so 93, Hard Target... John Woo's first American movie. It's pretty entertaining. He's got Lance Hendrickson in it and stuff like that. I don't like think that. I've ever seen but a Van Damme movie ever. You're not really missing much except uh, if you're going to watch one, I'd watch this one if you were drunk and wanted to watch it. But mm-hmm. he's he's kind of a drifter, homeless guy, and he gets hunted. Uh, the same with Surviving the Game. I don't know if you remember that from 1994. Surviving the Game. Well, tell me about it. So, okay, so it stars Ice-T. I know you love some iced tea. I do. And iced tea is this homeless guy mm-hmm. who was invited on a hunting trip with these rich hunters starring uh, Rutger Hauer and the guy who played, I can't think of his name, but he was he was in Alien 3. He was, back. Um, he was in Rock, the TV show. I can't think of his name. He was a big actor in the 90s. Okay. But they invite him on a hunting trip. But it turns out he's the one being hunted. So they're hunting the homeless man. I feel like I've, I, I feel like that's a thing. Yeah, so. hunting homeless people. Humping homeless people, and it not kinda... you said humping homeless people. Not <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking of street trashing and yeah. homeless people <clears throat> were humping, humping, not humping, not humping. That's a different movie. But hunting homeless people was surviving the game, and it's not. A, it's an entertaining mid '90s action movie. But you know the homeless theme, action hero kind of thing, right? And again, starring Rutger Hauer, and he'll he'll show up again in yeah. one of my favorite ones that I'll talk about in a bit. But uh, moving on from the '90s, you've got the new millennium and beyond. <clears throat> the new millennium and beyond. And what's interesting, at least to me, is that it suddenly became serious. Mm-hmm. You know, right. It yeah. suddenly became... Well, it is. I mean, and, I mean, I'm not saying it's not serious, right. but Hollywood depiction was like, if you're going to talk about homelessness, it's got to be serious. Right. And so what standout movie from that is The Pursuit of Happiness, which was the Will Smith movie. Sure. And it's based on a true story. So, And that's another thing. A lot of these homeless movies were based on true story homeless mm-hmm. movies. So two notable ones, you've got Pursuit of Happiness. It's based on Chris Gardner. I guess he played, um, he was a homeless man that had his son, and then he, you know, he... he was he, that was Jaden Smith his son, right? Jaden his, his real son real played him son, in the movie. Yeah. And so, and it, I don't know, I don't remember what awards, if it got anything or not. I mean, I heard, I, actually, I didn't watch it, but I, I think it was he was okay. nominated for uh, Best Actor, but I don't think it was a Best Picture. Okay, so, and it showed the struggle uh, and depicted the real-life struggle of this guy. Yep. So, but that seemed to be the trend that people were looking for. And then you've got the soloist, from 2009, Rodney, uh, sorry, Robert Downey uh, Jr. movie. I watched it on an airplane. Have you seen it? No, it's I, terrible. That's one. But oh, again, so bad. Another mentally ill homeless person. I guess they tried to make it an uplifting story. I don't know. I didn't see it. They but, do. I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it's just not a good film. You right. know. But it was a true story. It was a. It was a an a NPR interviewer, a M- NPR per an NPR. I don't remember. What it right. Was, but. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, <sighs> it, it was quickly forgotten. It was but again, followed, followed the new millennium trend of uh, these are serious stories about real people right. being homeless and you know true stories like, and yeah. And who played? Was it Jamie Fox played the? Sure, probably because yeah, of course it would be it fucking anyway. Jamie. It was Fox. Oscar bait, but it didn't work. It didn't work. It was failed Oscar bait. That should be a theme. Failed, failed Oscar, Oscar bait. bait. Mm-hmm. That should be kind of moving on from that. I want to talk about something else in the midst of all this too, because as we're talking about depiction of homeless bum fights. Do you bum fights. Uh-huh, sure. Do you remember bum fights? Hashtag bum fights. <laughs> no, the bum fights was a, a early two thousands video series where yeah. asshole teenagers were paying homeless people to fight each other. Right. 
And they would give them, you know, alcohol or some cash so that they fight. And then they bet on them. And they bet on them and they made them fight each other. Really exploitive. I mean, and this showed the homeless people were. I mean, it's well, it's a bad depiction of everybody. Right. Because no one looks good in in a a bum fight. (laughs) No, it's fucking. I mean, we're laughing and we're laughing just because it's so bad. But it's really, it was a terrible, terrible thing, and I think drew such a negative response. Well, to homeless, but also to the asshole teenagers that would do that. Right. Fucking kids. And of course, I think at the you could even argue that it might have helped escalate violence against homeless because there was a big trend with people beating up homeless people mm-hmm. and shit like that. They're and easy targets. They like, are easy targets. Know. It's fucked up. So wanted to talk about bum fights because it was prominent at the time and it was really a sad thing that happened. On the good note, that the people that did the bum fights films. Well, there's legal action against them. I think they had to pay the homeless participants some real money oh, and stuff nice. like that. That's a nice turnaround. So at least something good-ish came out of it. But it's just—it's all awful. I would rather. I mean, I'm not laughing at. I know you're not. I'm, bum bum fights. fights. I'm just laughing at bum. F- the just the term bum fights is. Just I feel funny. like I feel like that should be repurposed as some sort of bizarre porno name. Or I feel like a British <laughs> porno name. Yeah. Today on Bum Fights, I can't I just my want British accent. a T-shirt that says "Stop the Bum Fight." Bum fights, <laughs> and it's them. just this very like, I don't know. It's you know, just, if we work together, we can stop the bum fight in our lifetime. It's like that, and it's like you cannot keep a straight face when you say bum fights. No, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, the term is the term is the funny. term is funny, but it's awful, All but right. funny. But we, I mean, this is par for the course here. We talk about awful, funny shit. But moving on from that, so now where we, in the latter part of um, you know the teens, well, another movie I want to point out that another great action movie you might not have seen this is Hobo with a Shotgun. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I haven't. I you, uh, we were talking about it the other day, and I was like, oh, that's a real movie. Yeah. I thought because when I, when I do all the artwork for uh, for this, you know, I saw the poster for it. And it's Rutger Hauer. Yeah, what, how it originated was you remember Grindhouse the movie, the that, Tarantino movie. That's what I thought movies. it was. I thought it was a fake. I thought it they had done that as well, promotion. Yes. What happened was uh, I said when Grindhouse came out, they had a contest for someone who could come up with the best fake movie trailer, I guess, to play with the Grindhouse movie. For those of you who don't know, Grindhouse is Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino's attempt to recreate a Grindhouse film, which is a double feature of trashy movies. And and in in between those two movies would be fake trailers of which was other fucked up movies. The best part of the movie, which is I mean, great. They, I actually loved Grindhouse. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed but the it. The trailers well. were, were yeah. it's worth seeing because those trailers are really great, and you can find the trailers online. But it's worth watching the whole thing because they recreate all the what you would see in a Grindhouse shitty theater. Right, and I loved it. It was called the Grindhouse theaters that played back-to-back movies featuring uncensored sexuality and hardcore thrills. Now, Tarantino and Rodriguez are bringing the Grindhouse back with two explosive feature films. Two adrenaline-fueled roller coasters. One ticket to ride. In two and a half hours of pure dynamite, planet terror, and death proof. Only at the Grindhouse. So they had a contest for someone to make their own, and they would show it at some of the screenings. 
And so the, the person who won, and I don't have the guy's name in front of me, but some Canadian film guy made one called Hobo with a Shotgun. And the trailer's great if you've yeah. seen it. Um, it didn't have Rutger Howard in the original trailer, but it was this film separately. So he got funding to make a movie out of it. And Rutger Howard. And Rutger Howard. Mm-hmm. So, and basically it's about this vagrant who goes to this corrupt town. He's like a drifter. I think he even gets off a fucking train for all I know, just like uh, you know, a hobo drifter. And he has plans to buy a lawnmower. And like start his own business mm-hmm. and you know work his way back Heart up from gold, the streets. Yeah. yeah, and but as time goes by, things uh, he starts noticing all this corruption in this town. And these this one family runs the cops are corrupt, everybody's corrupt, and he just can't handle it anymore. And instead, he buys a fucking shotgun and just goes on a rampage. Uh-huh. Well, that makes sense. Now, what's, gra- mean, what's great? There's about a logic this, trail to that. There's yeah. a logic trail. So it's I mean, okay, bum exploitation maybe, but he it's bad. He's badass. Yeah. And uh, what's in, what's good about the movie, uh, number one, it's just it balls out fucking crazy. It's an 80s homage movie, which, you know, so even in the new millennium, people are, are looking to the past for, like, good, I don't know, uh, kick-ass homeless movies uh-huh. but and for exploitation. But what's good about the movie, number one, is it's Hobo with a fucking shotgun. Uh-huh, right. Two, kind of can't go wrong It's there. very super saturated 80s-ish. Uh, and, but what's great is that Rutger Hauer, like, he basically plays this hobo as though he's like, a, like from a whole other movie. Mm-hmm. Like he wandered out of like Ironweed into an exploitation <laughs> movie. He brings like real gravity to this role. Uh-huh. Um, and you can hear it in the trailer, which I'll, I'll play right now. Yep. I used to be like you. Long time. brand new, perfect. No mistakes. People look at you and think of how wonderful your future will be. They want you to be something special, like a doctor or a lawyer. I hate to tell you this, but if you grow up here, you're more likely to wind up selling your bodies on the streets. They're shooting dope from dirty needles in a bus stop. And if you're successful, you'll make money selling junk to crackheads. They won't think twice about killing someone's wife. Because you won't even know what's wrong in the first place. So he, yeah. So Rector Howard, you know, he basically wanders in from like a, a, a an earnest movie about, you know, because he plays the character totally straight. Uh huh. And then and then, but yet he's fighting like, um, you know, robots or something. It's crazy shit. Crazy mm-hmm. shit goes on, and huh. he, and he blows people's nuts off, and it's just it's fun. It's a great movie, but. You know, that's probably the the latest version of an exploit, uh, and probably the only one in this decade that's going to be made, you know, that's bum exploitation ish action hero homeless. It seems like we're still following the trend. Right. Um, And overall, I think we are still following the trend. Actually, last year of the prestigious homeless movie, last year here at the New York Film Festival, which ones did we see? 
because uh, we saw two homeless movies. There. Oh, that's right. So we saw, so just a little bit of background. We're here at the New York Film Festival, which happens every year in right. early October. Uh, and Tom has been coming up every year for it. And we saw Time Out of Mind, which yeah. is Richard Gere. Right. This one was was Oscar bait as well. Clearly, um, it, it was Oscar ended bait. up not getting full wide release until this year, even mm-hmm. though it came out in October. Uh, Time Out of Mind, and the other one was a, more of a. It wasn't a documentary, but it was more documentary style. It was based off this girl's real life and her writing. That's right. And that's it was right. called Heaven Knows What. Heaven Knows What. Yeah. And it was mostly grainy video-ish, if I remember they mm-hmm. filmed it. But and that was another that was a true story. Right. And it was this girl's life. She lived on the street. She had a hard life, and they just sort of filmed what that was like. These filmmakers discovered her, and so she actually was starring in the movie that was about her life being a homeless drug addicted teen. And she was there. And, and she spoke, was there and, and spoke, spoke about it. it. Yeah. And so, but it, just to and I, we bring those up just because that trend is still happening. Where you know, if you're discussing homeless now, it's prestige Oscar bait right you know the plight of the homeless which I'm not saying are bad they're not you know I mean no but I mean it's it's treating it I mean the homeless thing is a huge problem it is and it's it's many steps of a, of a problem that no one can seem to figure out how to fix right and so it's like we're treating it like it's a real thing now yeah. you know and those are the movies that get made now yeah, yeah sure now I don't have a problem and I don't have a problem with that and you could say it's probably progress that they're not you know, there to show white people the the meaning of life, like right. rich people, like how things should be, and this this scrappy homeless person is showing me what's truly important in my life, and not my right. job or yelling at my kids or this big car, but to love life. So, if using them as vehicles for that, okay, I, it's a good thing that's not around anymore. I think. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know me, I I love to. I'll exploit anybody. I don't care. Well, um, I'm all same here, of course. You know, and and actually, in a weird way, and with the exploitation part, is you're sort of treating them as other people, like normal people. Like mm-hmm. everybody gets exploited, right? Because if you look at it, and I, this is how I wanted to finish this up, is that what ends up happening is is these movies, although they're showing true stories about homeless people, they I feel like they're keeping them at arm's length, mm-hmm. as though they're looking at them as an other, as in look at that homeless, the plight of that homeless person there. Mm-hmm. You're witnessing something from afar and so I think it's harder to relate to sure than somebody who's I'm not saying they need to be an Eddie Murphy character but at the same time you're definitely showing them over there and saying you know this person this is what happened with them they're homeless and you know we have to help them but they're definitely not a warm character like Charlie Chaplin back Mm -hmm. in the 15s where you find something inherently human to relate to where you're like look that's all of us he's all of us right now right yeah yeah and so I think there's something missing in that you know they seem to focus on more of victimization. I'm not saying they shouldn't focus on the problem, but I think it's harder for people to relate to that situation now based on how the films are depicting them. Gotcha. And on that, I think we pretty much wrap this up. Okay. Uh, one thing I want to note is, and usually we put it on the site and we will put it on the site for films to watch, but definitely watch some Charlie Chaplin movies. They yeah, are excellent. Definitely. City Lights is great. I know that uh, Modern Times is great. We watched that. I haven't yep. seen Great Dictator, but they are really worth watching. Yeah, we'll put, um, a, we'll put a couple good ones on there. And you know, if you're going to watch, Trading Place is a great movie. It's not a problematic movie. It's actually a lot of fun. I haven't seen it in so long. It's really I good. Fish, to... Fisher King's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and fucking Street Trash. Street's, that's that's kind you of You have like to the, watch, yeah, watch yeah. Street Trash. Yeah. It's fucked up and just, it's worth your time um yeah i can't 
recommended enough. Yeah. And guys, give homeless people money when you see them. Yeah. Um, I know that they go and buy drugs and alcohol, but isn't that what you'd do with your money if you were homeless? That's what I'd do. I'm doing that as soon as we stop recording. Yeah. Give so. homeless people money. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is a real problem. Yeah. Let them go get drunk. <laughs> Which is exactly what we're about to do. <laughs> Anything to add to the rest of this podcast? I'm good. I'm good. All right. We'll see you guys next week for another thrilling podcast here at Slums of Film History. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can find links to some of the movies we talked about today, as well as Bad Movie Monday, our recommendation for the worst of the worst films every Monday night. Please, please, please fact check us. And if we left something out or got something wrong, let us know in the comment section of each week's topic. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies.